0: Hey, and welcome back to Podcast of the Day right here on Anchor. I'm your host, Grant, and on today's show, we're talking about a podcast that has to do with a little thing called love. So stay tuned. You're listening to Podcast of the Day right here on Anchor. The Loving Project is the podcast of the day today, and it is hosted and produced by Farrah Parks and Brad Linder. And they're an interracial couple living in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. um, And the whole goal of the podcast is to promote um, interracial couples and the name it comes from a, a Supreme Court case back in 1967 called Loving versus Virginia that ruled um, that state laws prohibiting mixed race marriages were unconstitutional. So the name comes from that and it's all about celebrating interracial couples and telling their stories and how they meet and why they're just like everyone else. So it's really inspiring to listen to and it's been one of my favorites to listen to so far. So I can't wait to show you some of the clips that they gave me and uh, Uh, Let's just jump right into them.
1: And the first time I met her dad, I walked into her apartment, and the first thing he looks at me and he says, oh my God, she's black. (laughs) And then I just cracked up laughing, and he's such a jokester, and it was such a great icebreaker to get over the fear of whether or not they would be accepting of me as a black woman. Once he decided to make that joke, he couldn't wait for the opportunity. And he didn't tell me that until afterwards. I didn't know that that's what he was going to (laughs) do. But yeah, because Helena regularly would ask me like, okay, so your parents know that I'm black, right? And I was like, yes. Did you specifically tell them? And I was like, do you want me to specifically tell? Yes, specifically tell them. I'm like, okay, I will make the announcement on our next phone call. (laughs) (laughs) And they were like, "Um, okay, but is she nice to you? (laughs) (laughs) For me, it wasn't... It wasn't anything that I thought about in terms of whether we were in the same race or different races or whatever. I just knew that she was really cute and very nice. And your view on the world was really wonderful. And you helped me to feel a lot more calm and patient in my life. Thank you. I just knew that I made a list of everything that I wanted in a partner. And Beth met Everything on that list and so there was nothing else to ask for. Except I have not introduced you to Jody Foster yet. That's true. That's the one but you never That's know the one hold up.
2: <laughs> we were walking to the farmer's market, holding hands, and this guy was pumping his gas by that gas station.
3: Oh yeah. Remember that? Oh yeah.
2: And it was the first time we had ever experienced anything like this. And remember we were walking and he goes, What are you doing with that white trash?
4: Is that what he, said? And That's what he said? I didn't quite hear what he said. And I said, you What like- did you say? Like, I really didn't. Not like, What did you say? Like, I was bucking at him or something. But it was like, I didn't hear what you said. Yeah. And I guess his girlfriend came out and squashed it, and he you was- squashed it. And I was like, I don't even know what was going on.
2: <laughs> like, David's like, What's I was happening? Like, what did he say?
4: And she's like, Don't worry about it. Just keep going.
2: Like, it was kind of one of those things. It's like, you know, first of all, who are you? Second of all, why do you think that you can actually, like, I don't know you. Why are you talking to me? And then why are you insulting my boyfriend? Just because we are of the same color doesn't mean that you get to speak to me, first of all. Second of all, it doesn't mean that you get to talk crazy. I was just so mad and just so frustrated because it's like, who who do you think you are? And then David, you know, we're just like walking minding our own business and he's like what did what did he even say like you know he wasn't even
4: I was totally oblivious. I didn't and until like a block later probably I was like, "Oh, he was insulting
3: me?" <laughs> I'm like, "Ah." Oh.
0: There are a ton of stories to share on this podcast, and they do a great job of doing that. And something that they're doing that's really cool is they're having an exhibit um, on the weekend of June 9th, June 10th, and then also on the 17th and 24th of June over in Philadelphia. So if you're in the area, feel free to look into this a little bit more on their website at lovingproject.com. But they're having an exhibit to share different stories of interracial married couples. And I think that's really cool because not only is that what their podcast Is about, but they get to share um, a bunch of other stories through this exhibit. So feel free to check that out up up on their website. And uh, here is some more clips coming from their podcast.
4: He's such a little ray of light. He is so full of love for people. He cares so deeply about people being happy. And yet he's going to grow bigger, I think. And he's going to be horsing around on the street someday. And some cop is going to see him and think there's a Latino boy who's causing trouble. And I worry about him getting shot i mean it's just i just i worry about him getting shot by some freaked out cop who sees a brown kid doing something that that cop thinks a kid shouldn't be doing he's not going to know that eli is half white and half indian and has two respectable parents not that that should matter if he does or doesn't he's just going to see a a brown kid and freak out i don't know that's going to happen but jesus it happens all the time so why why wouldn't it um and who knows? We've got we've got a few years till he's a teenager. Maybe we can solve racism <laughs> before that, and everything will be fine. We're working on it. Yeah, working on <laughs> it. He's still so small that he's not a th- like no no one would suspect any problem for him yet. He doesn't. There's no reason to scare him with any of that yet.
5: But he is aware right now of uh, Donald Trump and yeah. Um,
4: he got really scared. Yeah. after Donald Trump won,
5: he was scared that we would have to leave. He and my daughter. I'm sure that they picked that up from us to some extent. And also their school, which is majority kids of color. So, you know, I think there's a general sense of fear and misgiving about the change in the climate right now. So I do think there's some awareness there
6: about risk.
3: I went there. I looked at the tape. There was this woman who seemed to be in her 60s and she was saying, oh i love theater and i love walks on the beach and my name is thomasina and i thought no 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 and i just threw the vcr into rewind and i clicked play and uh, the person said that one of the first things she notices about a person is their enunciation and i said i like that and when i was looking at the video and looking through her bio i was thinking She's black, and I don't know, it's a, you know eh, but she has a, an interesting background. She was in Belgium, and she's a theater major, and I think I'll have her give me a call and take a look at my videotape.
6: I had pretty much given up because... In your profile, they would ask you, you know, did you have any preference in terms of race and things like that? And I checked, no, not really. But when I would go to contact someone, quite often they would indicate that they wouldn't date me because of my race. Uh, so I got frustrated and I just said, okay, enough with this. I'm not doing this anymore. And then I got a call saying, Craig would like to meet you. So I went and I saw Craig's profile, which looked good because, um, as he said, we both have a theater background. The only thing that's not on his profile is his height. So I asked the woman, I said, do you have any more information on him? And I was just mortified because what she did is she picked up her phone and she called him and she said, hi, Craig. Don is here and she wants to know how tall you are and I could have just passed out on the floor. But he did tell her and he kinda just made it, you know, at five foot. Five ten, nine and three quarters
3: yeah. and five ten was your
6: cutoff. Yeah, off. five ten was my cutoff. <laughs> we all have something.
0: Now I did get to talk with Brad and Farah from the Loving Project. Um, unfortunately, during the interview we had technical issues, and I think it was the connection or something. But um, a large chunk of the audio is just very messed up, and it's hard to hear what everyone's saying. So unfortunately, I'm not gonna be playing that just because I I don't I can barely understand it. So I'm sure it'd be hard to understand. But there is enough from that to to show you all, and I'm really really happy about it. So um, here it is, the interview with Brad and Farah. My name is Brad,
7: and uh, we can do it the way we always do it with our podcast. My name is Brad, and I'm white.
5: <laughs> My name is Farron, I'm black.
7: And we've been married for about 10 years, and we dated for a few years before that. And, um, you know, we, we started this podcast uh, sort of around the uh, start of the year because it's the 50th anniversary of Loving v. Virginia, which is a Supreme Court decision that made marriages like ours legal across the United States. And it's something mm-hmm. that we actually weren't super familiar with when we started dating back in uh, 2003. It wasn't until a couple of years later that uh, that Farah approached me and she's like, did you did you know about this thing? Yeah, that it said... wasn't
5: until after we got married. Yeah. Um, it was literally the month after we got married. We got married while I was in graduate school. I was in a two-year program, and we got married in the summer between the two years. And that fall, I was taking a class in family law and social policy. And... We were learning about different sorts of um, laws that governed how people could form families. And that was the first time I knew about loving. Um, I grew up in Jamaica, so I'm not that familiar with U.S. history and white history in particular. And I had always sort of had a sense that, you know maybe there had been laws against um, interracial marriage or interracial relationships but I had no idea how recent it was and um, that really struck me sort of coming, finding that out on the heels of you know coming off the wedding and all this happiness and all this joy and being like wow 39 years ago this might have been an issue Um, so it had always sort of resonated with me ever since and I would try to celebrate Loving way, Loving Day, which is June 12th, the actual anniversary of the decision in small ways. And then last year, when I realized the 50th anniversary was coming up, I was like, somebody should do something to mark this. And um,
7: then and I- She came home one day, she's like, somebody should have like a gallery showing or like some big public event, there should be some sort of forum or some party, I don't know, there should be some sort of celebration. It's a 50th anniversary is something that's so important. And-, um, and she was saying this not just to me, but to friends of ours. And
5: yeah, my friend was like, well, and I was like, no one's doing anything. She goes, well, you should do something. And then I had to talk Brad into doing that something with me.
7: Yeah, pretty much. And as as a radio producer, like my instant thought was, I bet there are really fascinating stories out there from people who have been married, you know, as long as we have and longer and shorter and just sort of talking about what. What it means to be an interracial marriage today, fifty years after after this change, and when I say change, I mean it's, it's this long evolution because America right. has a complicated history with race. And I thought, you know, it would be great to do this. But as as somebody who had a background in radio production, I thought this would be I would love to hear those stories. <laughs> I don't I don't know if I have time to help produce those stories, but. Um, but I think, you made the time. Yeah, after the election, I think I, I decided I wanted to be doing something a little bit more meaningful. Yeah, and, absolutely. And this is something that, at a time when a lot of people are talking about ways that we're divided as a country and differences between people, it felt really good mm-hmm. to be focusing on how people with different backgrounds, different perspectives can come together into these um, informed, loving families. And so... Yeah, I came around to the idea. <laughs> and, and that's what we've been doing.
5: It was really when he realized he could buy more audio equipment. Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> so uh, when you first started, um, how exactly did you find the people to get on the show and talk about their lives? Um, was it just people that you knew or was it kind of by submission or how did that all work?
5: It started with people we knew. Um, okay. the, f- the first couple we interviewed um, was a former co worker of mine who um, just, I'd randomly been uh, out with her and another former co worker. And then on the way home, I was like, oh, you know, we're doing this thing. Maybe you and your husband want to do this. And um, they trusted us enough to like let us show up at their house with a microphone and, um, <laughs> you know, some recorders and had a fat. A- Fabulous, really interesting, fascinating conversation. Um, that was the
7: first episode. I'm really gra- glad we started with them because it was yeah. so comfortable for everybody. They just yeah. welcomed us into their home. That's awesome. We sat down and talked for about an hour, and we got a sense of how these interviews were going to go, how yeah. we could do this and make them comfortable, and that they could be comfortable and share some stuff that you might not talk about that often. Right, yeah. mm-hmm.
5: right. And then um, I just sort of put out a call to people I knew. So some of the folks on the podcast are people uh, we know others are friends of friends. Um, a couple are just people we who said I'm interested. Um, yeah, can just... I do this? Um, you know. I think sure. we're, starting, sure. we're
7: starting now to get more. So we we started with some people, and then they would hook us up with other people. And yeah. then they would hook us up with more people. And I think we're now starting to get to the point where enough people uh, might just know the podcast that we're not even sure how some of them find out about us. They're, they're contacting us. But the plan is to do to do them throughout the, the year. The whole uh, 2017 is the 50th anniversary year, and um, it takes a lot of work still. So, so yeah. we're like, let's do it at yeah. the end of the year, and, and that's probably going to be it. We'll have 26 episodes, which we think makes a nice okay. little memorial. <laughs>
0: Taking it back, um, where was it really? Uh, when 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 Farah came home, um, was that the point where you said we should make a podcast out of this?
6: Kind of. It's.
7: I mean, I think I think when she when she said you know it's fiftieth anniversary and we should celebrate, I I I don't remember if I said a podcast would be really good, but I don't have time for it. I think yeah, I might you have.
5: pretty much did. <laughs> yeah, you were like a podcast would be great, but I'm not doing that. Yeah. Maybe was, I could show you how to do that. Yeah. Was that before
7: or after the election?
5: uh it was definitely before i had definitely been talking about it before i don't know if we came to the podcast decision yeah before.
7: yeah because it was after the election that i decided i'm, I'm doing this yeah <laughs> yeah and right um, and yeah so i mean it was it was at that point and it's it's been really interesting because i feel like there's been some tension involving race in our relationship but not a lot i mean we live in philadelphia it's a pretty diverse city there's lots of well there's a Relatively speaking, lots of interracial couples here compared with some parts of the country, perhaps. Right. Um, but we've been talking to people and really finding out a lot of different experiences. And again, in Philadelphia, there's lots of people. There's a section in Philadelphia called Mount Airy where we've interviewed so many people because yeah. there's so many couples who live there. just yeah. happen to be, it's a very sort of diverse and liberal kind of community. Um, but as we've been doing these interviews, you find people who grew up elsewhere, maybe in the South or other parts of the country, or people who have had experiences here with different family members and realizing, on the one hand, there are all these things that different people bring to the table in terms of adding cultural diversity, but there are also some seriously difficult issues that people have to deal with. Right. right. And
5: one of the things that I thought was interesting was just to highlight the ways in which relationships like ORS are different from others. I mean, I remember the first time I realized that Brad and I might not be experiencing this relationship in the same way we had been to D.C. This before I went to graduate school because I was thinking of going to D.C. We went to D.C. to visit. And I said to him, because I think D.C. is the beginning of the South. um, I said to him, people look at us more here. And he said, people look at us? And I was like, have we been in the same relationship this whole time? You don't know that people (laughs) look at us? And he, you know, he he genuinely didn't. And that's something that um, we hear from other couples, like the person of color tends to be much more aware that like people are looking at us because um, they tend to be more aware of the fact that people might be looking at them and judging them in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I thought that was really fascinating that like. This whole time, it had always been clear to me, and it hadn't really just occurred to him. Um, so it's just um, really interesting hearing from couples the ways in which things like that play out in their
7: world. Um, right. For include? Well, clearly we could talk for hours on the topic. But I think, <laughs> but I think uh, yeah, the most important thing is just to say, you know, the, the podcast is available in iTunes, Google Play, all the other places you find podcasts. And um you can find us at lovingproject.com where you can also find pictures of some of the couples and if you are interested in finding out more we're pretty active on social media too so we're on facebook we're on twitter you can follow us for more information about what we're doing but also just sort of on the topic in general Yeah.
0: That was the interview with Brad and Farrah. I hope you enjoyed it, and that'll do it for me on today's edition of Podcast of the Day. If you want to go check out their podcast, make sure you head over to lovingproject.com, and that's where you're going to find their episodes, their About Me page, and also that exhibit that I was telling you about earlier that they're hosting. So feel free to go to that website and see all about um, what they're doing. But anyways, I'll catch you back here tomorrow for another edition of Podcast of the Day right here on Anchor.